Everybody doing? Welcome to Free Markets Green Earth, episode number seventeen. I am Nikki P. Here, as always, with Mr. Ben Pangy, the Liberty Hippie. How are we doing today, Ben? I am doing well, Nikki. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing okay. I'm I'm sounding a little rough because I think I've got like a head cold or something, and you know it's adding just a little extra gravel to my normal normal speech pattern. Gravel is good. Gravel is good, right? I, mean, you know. I suppose it uh, it has its moments. So. <laughs> Anyways, uh, well, today we've got a couple big things we're going to talk about. Um, I, I feel like we probably should have talked about the Greta Thunberg thing as she's, you know, down at the whole UN thing today. I just feel like that whole thing is just too big to dig into again right now. I kind of want to see where it all. I kind of want to see where it all goes. I want to yeah, see. Let, the, let it play out for a little bit. <laughs> um, let them let them eat each other alive. And so I thought for sure. That we could uh, we could start with a few fun things here that I found little virtue signals that I I thought were frankly hilarious. If you if you call that fun, I guess I don't know. <laughs> it's something. I know. You know what they've done? <laughs> they have gone and they've Timberland, Timberland, the boot company. Not to be confused with that amazing hip hop artist, um, has released a line of boots. To fight for environmentalism with the MTCR Boots Collection. Yeah, some some wannabe Nazi stoppers, I guess. I don't know. Kick kick those uh, anti-environmental fascists it's, in the face. It's uh, weird. They definitely look like they're going after the urban market with these because I would never wear them in a million years. They're kind not kind of Nazi, but like kind of modern. Yeah. Well, at it's, any it's rate, you're a fucking boot company. Why? Why do you have anything to say about the environment? You kill animals to make shoes. At least if you make yeah. them good. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it, it, to me, it's it's like one of those things, right? Like um, corporate corporatism. You know, when they find something that sells, they hook onto it and and they use it. You know, and why not? You know, they, they can use it and they can sell shoes. Great. Um, it, and that's all this is. That's all this is. You know, uh, it, it could be, they could have sold this boot as, you know, something else, whatever, but they tag it with, you know, this this boot will support the environment. Um, and uh, sure, there you go. You know, you got a, your, your marketing gimmick. Um, Damn marketing you know, gimmicks. Well, you know, and I, it's tough because I think people, some people honestly like buy into this, you know, that, that they don't, recognize a gimmick for a gimmick um you know when you recognize a gimmick and that's okay you know go for it if you like the boot go for it but don't don't buy things because somebody tells you to grow up you know you don't you don't listen to people when they tell you to do things i i really not often my wife my wife i will listen to um you know, but uh, you got to question everybody, question everything, because there's always, always somebody has a motive. You know, there's always motives behind everything. And uh, whether it's selling shoes or whatever, there's uh, something behind it. Well, you know, if it wasn't for Timberland, we'd have nobody speaking up for this, right? Yeah. That's where you'd be yeah. wrong, huh? That's where you'd be wrong. <laughs> if it wasn't for Timberland Boots, we'd still have Rihanna. You, you, who thinks Man. that climate change is a real issue? She said in her diamond ball. I mean, I feel like if you're really <laughs> concerned about, you know, 
<laughs> if you're really concerned about the environment, you're probably not throwing diamond balls. I wonder how many of those diamonds that her diamond ball were, you know, raised from blood diamonds. Yeah, you know, whatever. This is the yeah. this is the root I'm looking at this on. So, the the headline says everything you need to know. Rihanna says you'd be a fool to ignore climate change. Why don't I want to ignore it? I want to try and find a solid market response to it. You'd also be a fool to to listen to Rihanna, but we we won't go there. I mean, I would love to listen to Rihanna, just not her thoughts on the environment. Yeah, that's uh, honestly the part of Rihanna I'm really interested in. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wonder how much that fashion show she just had on Amazon, like all of that thirty thousand dancers on stage at all times thing. I wonder how much what? that affected the environment. <laughs> all those lights and. All that vinyl that those clothes are made out of. It's terrible. Hey, man. Hey, man. Yeah, I, I, that's curious. I wonder I wonder what that trade-off is like when you think about the uh, what goes into the textiles and uh, all that. You know, how much, how much petroleum and, you know. Well, here's what I can say made. for certain. The, the textile industry is one of the big reasons we have all of the horrible, you know, legislation we do. You know, based on the "quote unquote" robber barons era, wasn't that the wasn't those like the worst polluters and the worst? Uh, like basically, they were yeah. the most damaging industries in the world at one point. Yeah, I, I think so. I keep I, I seem to remember somewhere in my mind uh, something about the Triangle Factory fire or something like that. Yeah. So. Whatever, whatever that was. All right. We've uh, we've spent quite a bit of time on this very very menial thing. I really just wanted to point out, uh, virtue signaling is apparently for everyone, corporations and individuals alike. Everyone's got to say, "I care about the environment." Yeah. And and, so. and the the takeaway is, don't listen to your pop stars. Listen to them, but uh, you know, don't don't take their advice. Or don't get on Bandcamp and find something better. Yeah, you you could do that, I suppose. So, all right. So the next thing I thought was an interesting thing to talk about. And uh, so San Francisco is uh, got some issues. <laughs> all right. And, you know, one of the issues San Francisco happens to have is homelessness problem, you know, because they have things like rent control, have not allowed for the appropriate infrastructure to be built to handle the capacity yeah. of people that have moved in there since the whole Silicon Valley explosion. Mm-hmm. Now, as with all things that tend to happen, and they tend to become political, as much as people would think that they shouldn't, because we should all just give our shit to the homeless people, right? That's how this works? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I not mean, how, they, yeah. <laughs> that's not how politicians work at any rate. And so the other day I got a barrage of uh, notifications about Trump threatening to use the EPA to punish San Francisco over their homelessness problem. And and to me, this article, it it, it says everything that I've ever tried to get people to understand about um, these organizations. They have no – there's no – reason for them to help you that's not why they're there they're just there to use Mm -hmm. as tools of control to make other people do the things that you want them to do like the why is if if, how can you use the epa as a tool if it's not a discretionary thing like so that means they have the leeway to say it can or can't do something yep and 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 that's it i mean it's uh you think about the police pulling you over and and I, i smelled marijuana 
You know, like it's the same thing. There's, there's no hard and fast rule that they, they have to abide by. You know, they can apply whatever rule they see fit to, to turn the screws depending on, on who's asking them to, to turn. Um, you know, and that's, that's what this is. Why, you know, how EPA get involved in this and policing anyway. I mean, I guess it's, it's, a, it's part of that whole soapbox speech I have about the EPA in general. It's, <laughs> it, 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 it's all part of it. The fact of the matter is, is that, okay, if this organization exists to do good, then it should go out and it should do good. It should have the rules and it should make sure everyone follows the rules all the same. But we all know that that's not how it works. This is it's being used as a bludgeoning weapon, and it could be mm-hmm. it'll, he'll ignore it the next day. You know how much money it gets thrown at any individual thing is entirely based upon, you know how bad somebody in power wants it to work. Now the fact of the matter is, is that you and I both know, they, like they, on the socialist side of things, they'll say, "Well, you just got to give them more money, and then they can do more, and then there's less discretion." <laughs> but that's not how it works. It just means there's more money to go to more places they want it to go to. It still never is going to make it to where you want it to. No matter how many times you say, let's raise the amount of money we send to schools, no matter how many times you do that, you Mm -hmm. have to deal with the fact that it's going to go to administrators, not teachers. Yeah. (laughs) You know better than most of that, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, and that's, um, I forget where I saw it. I saw a chart. I think it was talking about the the medical industry or maybe, maybe it was teachers, but. You know the amount of administration that's increased over the past, you know, couple decades. Number of actual staff that deal with whether it's patients or students, um, you know, has only gone up a little bit. And that's, you know, the the amount of money you're you're going to spend on something. Very rarely does it ever actually fix something. You know, it goes to administration. It goes to overhead. You know, because you got you got to create an agency to oversee this and. Well, that's, you know, how many jobs does that have to pay for? And, you know, you got to, it, it's just, it's, it doesn't work. Um, you know, and it might work on a small level, you know, a county level or something. But when you are trying to, you know, collect money from a, a country as big as the United States and, and send it out equally or, or manage problems equally, um, you know, it's not going to happen. And it doesn't happen. And we've seen that time and time well, again. Well, full disclosure. So like I, I, in an effort to not completely overwhelm Ben, because he's got, <laughs> he's, you know, got responsibilities that I don't have and stuff. Um, I've kind of been keeping all the links that I, I, I get from uh, Google coming at me, um, keeping them separate so I can kind of organize them and see what the patterns are and things like that. And, uh, one thing I can tell you is like you have no idea how many state of emergencies we're in right now across the country <laughs> that the USDA is uh, involved in. And there is so many millions upon millions upon hundreds of millions of dollars that are being spent on uh, you know, through the U.S. Department of Agriculture on mm-hmm. states of emergency in the United States over various things. Um, you know, and then one of the big things is they were the soy crop, the soy projections are, are lower yeah. than they're expecting. I think it's a big thing. Um, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of shit going on in taxes across the board. Yeah. Um, another, like, <laughs> I think where things are gotten to the point now where the, you've got farmers are saying, I think we think a green new deal is a great idea. Like the coalition <laughs> has, has popped up around that. Uh, it's, that's, it's like, uh, like your executive orders, you know, um, 
you hear about one or two and you know it's out there, but when you actually go look for them, um, it's just, it's astounding how, how many there are, you know, um, how many states of emergency there are. And when you look around, how many states of emergency there really ought to be. Well, Um, what's even more insane is how many of them just never go away. You know, we just start sending the money on this thing and then it just keeps getting sent there. Yep. Yep. The state of emergency never ends. So, like I said, reading the headlines, like, I think to me, it's silly in a lot of respects. Like, I I can't even believe this is a thing. Like, the homelessness homelessness problem created by shitty policy at the Mm -hmm. state and city level is now forcing even shittier policy at the federal level. But isn't that always how this fucking works? (laughs) So... The big thing yeah. that we wanted to talk about again, and this is going to be, I kind of lumped things into, this is a California episode uh, as far as I'm concerned because California My, makes some interesting <laughs> decisions. Um, yeah. we uh, The big thing that's going on is the, it's not a repeal of the standards, but a a change in the growth of the uh, standards, uh, the cafe standards that vehicles have to be okayed under. Um, you know, it's the emission standards for vehicles, right. and essentially, it works down to like your your entire fleet of vehicles that a car manufacturer ha- puts out has to have under a certain emissions standard. I can't remember mm-hmm. on hand what it is. This is the the average. Um, I think I saw right now it's uh, twenty six, and by twenty. 2021 or 2025, it's supposed to be 36, maybe something like that. Which, by the uh, way, is a hilarious, hilarious trick that they played on people because the cafe standards don't say that you have to, your vehicles have to, all the vehicles you make have to be under certain emissions. They say the average yeah. does. Yeah. So you can still manufacture that six, you know, six miles per gallon guzzler if you want. Mm-hmm. You just have to have something to offset it on the other end, which, if people aren't aware, is kind of why we they started really mass producing electric and hybrid cars and, yeah. you know, subcompacts and things like that. Any way that they can to get their overall rating for the company underneath the CAFE standards. Yeah. Does it, do you know if it has anything to do with um, – do they look at how many – what types of cars are moved or is it just the uh, – like let's say you got five five different models in your fleet. Is it just like the average of those different models? I I, I, and that I'm not a hundred percent honestly. Um, okay. These whole things are the, the way this whole thing is set up is kind of kind of crazy. And I think at one point these these things were actually put in place initially the the standards um, to kind of curb the amount of gas cars were using because there was some uncertainty in the gas market at that point in time. Okay. Yeah. It. it uh, sorry. I, I just look. It's um. So a fleet of four vehicles, um, and then you take an average of the four, but it is a harmonic mean. So it's it's not like a just a regular old average. Um, it's there's a little more to it, but um, I don't know whatever that means. I'm not. A math <laughs> well, yeah. Like I said, I'm. I'm. I, whatever it is, the, the general idea is that you're. you're yeah. You know, is what yeah. it is. Um. But anyway, so what ended up happening, and the big drama that this whole thing creates is that, well, California says, well, too bad, we're, we don't want your standards, and so now this is a state's rights issue, 
And we want to have higher standards to drive vehicles in our state. Which, you yeah. know, that's all well and good. You know what? The company can choose to make the manufacture those cars or not. Let them let them do that, you know? So. Do you see where the you see it, where an issue's creeping up in here is that the companies are actually the ones putting the fight back on Trump because all these companies that want to make money, they don't want to have to work for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as we all that's, know, regular, that's, go on. No, that's how it goes. That's how it goes, right? I mean, that's more times than than not. Um, when regulations pop up, those those big top tier companies are the ones saying, "Oh yes, we need regulation. Please regulate us. Regulate us." Um, you know, and, and if you don't know why, um, you should. And that's you know, well, it's I mean, gonna be a whole lot harder for that little guy to to you get look, in there, right? You look at Mark Zuckerberg in front of Congress saying, "Please regulate us. Mm-hmm. We need it." And the yep. reason he needs it is because he knows that with his unlimited amount of money that he has compliance with a legal structure that he'll more than likely help design is not Mm -hmm. a problem for him. And that's where these car companies find themselves. You see, there's been a lot of car, there's been, I won't say a lot. There's been car companies that for sure that I know have been forced out of being able to manufacture cars Mm -hmm. because of an inability to keep up with the, the regulation. Now in particular, like what, 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 the the issue that this is, and why people, unless you really follow the economics of this, the issue behind this is that the car companies could easily just say, okay, we'll, we'll manufacture to this higher standard. You know, we'll just we'll just you know that's the one that they have, so we just manufacture the one line of cars to that. The problem is, since they're all trying to beat the next guy, well, everyone else said, well, we just won't manufacture cars for California. And so they lose market share in every other state in the country. So now they're left essentially being the, the company that manufactures cars for California and the rest of the nation is, ha, gets set up with cheaper vehicles because they didn't have to have as high as standards to go against. And so the idea being, well, if we're, we can't just make cars because then we, you know, what about the other guys? What if they choose not to? It creates mm-hmm. uncertainty in the market. Now, uncertainty in a market is a great thing for a consumer because uncertainty in a market <laughs> allows for us to pay less on goods because it makes competition more rigorous. Um, what this creates is a situation where competition isn't as rigorous because you have a bunch of entrenched, entrenched interests that kind of all they want is stability to know how their legal departments have to deal with things for the next couple of years. That's all it is. And so when you had the Obama, the, the Obama era cafe standards where they were going, they knew exactly where things were headed and they could plan out and deal with everything in there. Well, now they no longer have that luxury. They have to sit there and think about what their com- competition is going to do and how it's going to react to the market. And nobody wants that. They want to make the easy money. Yeah, It all comes back down to that, that, competition thing you know um it's so good for consumers man (laughs) it really is (laughs) it is it is and when you when you cut that out we're all we're all screwed i mean you look at the cost of cars and and what it's done you know and i guarantee you that's not just from inflation i remember as a kid you know the the first new car my parents bought was like a toyota corolla for i think it was almost less than nine thousand dollars and uh yeah it's almost doubled in 20 years um, oh, you, yeah, you remember when insane. you used to be able to pay almost nothing for a used car? 
Yeah, yeah, $1,000. I, I, I drove a Volkswagen Golf, 98 Golf. Um, for, I, I, my grandfather picked it up for like 200 bucks. And we had to do a little bit of work to it. I think my first um, car, I think we paid 600 for. Yeah, I yeah, you know. Um, for 10 years. Good luck. Good luck finding that today. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, you can't. And it's not because those cars are any more valuable. It's not because they, they last any longer. Or they work any better. Um, they don't. I mean, my, my first car got 40 miles to the gallon and that was a 89, 87, um, mm-hmm. you know, so. Now, the thing that I want people to think about, and this is, this is why I find this particular uh, situation all the more interesting. Um, we are putting in a position here where who do we side with on this? Because you've got essentially <laughs> California, the communist hellhole that it is, trying to make a state's rights, you know, decision and say, well, you can't tell us what kind of emission standards we're allowed to have. Mm-hmm. In which case, I would tend to agree with them. Tell the yeah. federal government to go and pound sand. Yep. Have at it. Yep. But at the same time, I really don't don't want to stand for them. Um, I know <laughs> it hurts. It hurts in my soul. Hurts like I want soul. to. I want to allow the. Uh, I want to allow the companies to do what they want. But but this is this is one hundred percent. This this is exactly what the cronyism that we we bitch and moan about so often. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is is. People, consumers will buy the vehicles that they want to buy. I mean, let's not even get into the fact that if we, if you, you look at all those places, have you ever seen the fields of unbought brand new cars that exist out there? I know. There? I know. And that's when you're supposed to go buy a, a new car, right? Like at the, uh, the end of the year when everything's turning over and all the new models are coming out and they're just yeah. trying to get rid of old inventory. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't know. I don't personally buy new cars, but. Um, when I moved away from my dad, who's a mechanic, I, I, I felt like it was probably, I will say when I moved away from my dad and then had a kid is actually when it happened Mm. because I can, I could find ways to deal with not having a car when I didn't have a kid. Uh, It became far less interesting to deal with it. Um, once it had changed. No, like this, this needs to be a state's rights issue that that's what this is you know that the federal government has no but, business but coming in saying you can't do that. Part of me that says I want, I want the I want the broad repeal of regulation. But I, I, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> who who I, I well I support the, the repeal of regulation, and I feel bad for all of those individuals that have to deal with California making poor decisions to make their cars artificially expensive for no reason. They got feet, man. They got feet. I know, but. I know, you know, I know. You know, as we will joke with people about, you know, <laughs> we move to Somalia. Well, I would, but yeah. I don't have enough money for the fucking exit I tax know. that you're gonna shove up my butt. I know, I know. It, it's it's um, it is tough. It is a tough call. You know, it, it, this is what's gonna happen, though. I mean, this this is what's happening. You know, whether it's it's you know Second Amendment rights, whether it's um. You know the the way states um, uh, act towards uh, um, illegal immigrants, uh, whether it's you know free healthcare or, or free college tuition or whatever, like all those things are, are affecting the cost of living and, and 
some, you know, some places people are, are moving, you know, you, you look at New York state and what's happening to that population. Um, and it, it's gone down quite a bit. And some of that's masked by, by New York city growth there, but uh, you look upstate and it's falling apart and there's reasons why it's falling apart, you know, and, and this sort of thing is, is one of them. Um, you know, well, part of the reason I really like this is because it got us talking about a state other than New York. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, you know, no, no, no. I mean, it's, I mean, they may as well be the same place. Just one's got better. Yeah. Water. Yeah. 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 Um, I like, I, I always boil down. What I tell people is secession is always the answer. It is. It you is. Know, break, it up, break the whole thing apart. I, to me, it's just, I want less regulation and I, I hate to, have to make the state's rights, you know, be, but that is decentralization and I support decentralization. If you want to have cra- mm-hmm. a place with crappy rules and you're allowed to have a place with crappy rules, I guess. Yeah. At the same time, you know, <sighs> it's California just, is, is what it is. And you know, if, uh, if there was a County in California somewhere that said, Hey, you know, we're, we're not going to abide by this. This is absurd. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't work for us. Okay. You know, maybe those cars can't move out of that county. Maybe they have to, you know, just move out to uh, whatever, you know, I don't know how it works, but um, you can always kind of go down a level. A uh, little, little side thing. I'm, I'm looking at this one article. Okay. And uh, it's, uh, it's talking about Gary Newsom. Um, he appeared with the California Air Resources Board Chairman, uh, Mary Nichols, and the, uh, the AG. Um, about their their fight against Trump and the federal government, and uh, this this Nichols lady praised the automakers BMW, Ford, Honda, and Volkswagen for standing their ground on this issue of voluntary higher fuel efficiency standards. What wasn't it uh, Volkswagen that just got in trouble for like a bunch of lying about their flying? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, uh, you know, some, something to consider. It's, well, it I mean, what's funny know. is that. This we we I don't know why we didn't touch on this yet with in regards to it, but the fact of the matter is is that you have oh well, companies won't do the right thing unless we force them to. Yeah, mm-hmm. but this is a prime example of a company's literally begging for the regulation that they can voluntarily just hey just make vehicles that you know do this. The fact of the matter is is that they know that the people won't buy them if they have a cheaper alternative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and, and and that's part of it though. You know you. Uh, if a company is that dead set on, on making a more efficient car, um, you know, they can cut their less efficient cars and all they sell is, you know, more expensive models and, and they lose out on the, that market share, or they can put some of their profits into, you know, R and D and bring that price down on that more efficient car. Well, um, well, and the, but even, uh, even, even that aside, the fact of the matter is, is we know which demographic is more capable of, of absorbing the costs Oh, for sure. That's the wealthy class. The mm. ones who care the most, or at least give the most lip service to this, are the ones that are going to buy that incredibly expensive car. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll, we'll rail, I, at least I will forever. The fact of the matter is we don't fight, like, we, we, we don't support fossil fuels just because. We support it because the fact of the matter is is that the way the world is structured is not in such a way that we're all so wealthy that we can choose to... M- pay higher prices for everything that uses energy across the globe. The people that hurts the most are the poorest. And while I care about the trees and I care about biodiversity and I care about, you know, the planet, mm-hmm. I care more about people. And that seems yeah, you important know, to me. It, it is. It is. And, and I think, um, 
you know, it's one of those balances and, uh, when the balance gets too far, um, you know, we'll, things will, will pick up, you know, and I think humanity is important. I think the, the natural environment is important and, um, there's enough of it now that, uh, you know, it's, it's not really a huge concern. Um, we can, we're not to that point yet where we need to, um, figure out, I don't know, the nitty gritty of, of population control. Right. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um no, but I think when, when we get close enough to the tipping point where we're, you know, if humanity gets there, that, uh, the natural environment's almost all used up and we're not going to have any food or we're not going to have any oxygen. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's happening now. It's happening now. Just go ask, uh, ask those, those those nine year old New York city kids out there protesting in the streets about how they, how they have no future. Don't don't give me work. How their their city's going to be underwater. It's going to have to be, it's going to have to be its own series (laughs) at some point. Um, yeah. Well, I think we've uh, we've we've done as much rambling about this as we can for one episode. I want to keep them short. We're mm. we're already a little over, I think. Um, anything you want to plug while we while we got them all here? Just tell them to go hit up uh, freemarketscreenearth.com. With um, all right, well, I think that's been a been a good episode. Uh, everyone out there, go check out freemarketsgreenearth.com, and. We'll have all kinds of fun stuff on there. The episodes are up there. Uh, I'm working on perhaps doing some weekday blasts of uh, just some of the links that I get sent uh, to throw up there. And we've we'll uh, got some we've got some fun stuff to talk about. Like they, I, I, at this point, I don't know how we're going to be able to do this at once a week just because it's <laughs> too goddamn much to talk about. <laughs> I'm I have thousands oh, of god. links at this point that I'm just like, oh my god, where do I even begin with all these? There's well, too that's, many. That's uh... I mean, I remember that when I, when I was looking at links a lot, like there's just so much, there's so much out there. It's um, daunting. If you, if you bought out into all of it, um, you would, you would go hide under a rock or you would, you would dig a, a hole and build mm-hmm. a bubble and, you know. I know the that. next big thing I want to talk about is, uh, is the whole intersectionality and environmentalism <laughs> connection that apparently <sighs> is out there. Yeah, well, that, the exasperated tone you feel is exactly how exasperated I feel, <laughs> but how often I'm seeing it out there. So, oh man! All right, all right, all we'll right, folks, that. take it easy. All right, peace, man. Mm-hmm.